0: Hello, everybody. It's Keith. Help support the Northeast Scene and declare yourself a member today. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or your podcast medium of choice. Rate us and leave a review. Every little bit helps. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. It has every podcast episode plus other exclusive content. Like and leave a comment. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TheNEScene. Also, continue to write us at northeastscene at gmail.com. We want to share your experiences as well. And now, here's the show. Everybody and welcome to the Northeast Scene podcast. This is Keith and Tommy, and we're back with a brand new show. It's Monday night and we are amped. We are ready to go. There's a lot of cool stuff happening and tonight on the show, the highly anticipated return of Corey Brim from Glassing. <laughs> yes, yes, we've been waiting and waiting. We have been speaking to Corey. Corey was one of the first 10 episodes, I think, and he was kind enough to come on while we were still figuring out what the hell we were doing. And (laughs) we have been in constant communication. And I've said, like, come back on the show, come back on the show. And as you know, folks, Glassing has a new record, Twin Dream, coming out on Brutal Panda. It comes out November 5th. Tommy and I have heard the record. Yeah. It's incredible. Tommy, I'm going to go ahead and say,
1: this is record of the year for me. It's a contender for sure. Yeah. And it, it, we're rapidly approaching the end of the year and it is, it's still in my heavy rotation. But yes. I will say there's some other things that I've gotten around to in the world that we'll talk about in a little bit that yes. are really growing on me. So yeah. let Let me
0: say this heavy record of the year right yeah. now for sure. And it's for sure going to be in the top three. Yeah, because I, I just, you know, there's still two months left. Anything could happen. But we love Corey. We love the band. And we're very excited to speak with him again.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's always been a great guest. And my thing, as soon as they, they posted that they were going to uh, put this album out, I, I immediately wrote on their Instagram, please come back on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, please, please.
0: Yes, Corey was waiting until the release of the album. And we're happy to have him back. We're excited to catch up. Tommy, we haven't spoken to Corey since June. Are you ready for this? June of 2020.
1: (laughs) That's a long time ago. I know. Jesus.
0: Yeah. That was still our old format where we just went right into the interview.
1: (laughs) We still were kind of figuring it out there. Well, let's see. Tommy. Yes.
0: First, let's cover what's going on with us. Let's check in real quick. How are you? What's going on?
1: I'm doing well. I actually, I'm back in school and everything's doing great. Uh, we haven't had any real serious COVID incidents. I was offered a new position at work that I'm going to start to kind of explore what that looks like and and shadowing uh, a person that's a, that actually currently does the position. Uh, it, I'm kind of torn a little bit, though. It does mean I'm no longer in the classroom. I would be observing other teachers in the classroom and giving them feedback on what they need to do better or what they're doing really well and continue doing. So we'll see what that looks like in the months to come, but it's going to be really fun and exciting. Uh, other than that, everybody's good here. I mean, every we got a couple kids with sniffles. Tommy, tell the people what your potential new title might be. Dean of Instruction.
0: Dean of Instruction. See, now, Tommy, you have to take this job solely so we can use this sound clip and drive it into the ground.
1: Hello. Hello. Gene, you're a stupid head. Homer, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> that scream at the end always gets me. Because <laughs> he's looking out the window at him. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's just
0: classic. So have you made a decision on whether or not you're going to take the position? I
1: think you got to take it. So here's my thing. I, I, after this next couple months of shadowing and seeing what the position really entails, uh, I'll be better informed to make a decision. Uh, right now, if I, somebody put a gun to my head and said yes or no, I'd say yes.
0: That's great. I was wondering how, uh, how I was wondering how, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, ambitious. I yeah. was wondering how ambitious you are. I was wondering if you were going to do it. I hope you take it. I hope you take it.
1: I will see. I, I, I'm really torn though. Cause it does, it does mean, um, I, I'm no longer teaching a class. How much of a raise is it going to be? Uh, significant. Let's yeah. Significant. Well then. Yeah. There you go.
0: <laughs> You've got three kids now.
1: Yes, I, 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 I was going to say it's, it, it, it's not – let's just put it this way. The new money would not be unwelcome in the house, <laughs> n- nor would it be not unused. <laughs> like it would, just, it would be folks, immediately.
0: <laughs> as we know. I constantly think about
1: ways that I can save money.
0: Oh. And Tommy, what better way to save money than to make a lot more of it?
1: Yes. And uh, by the
0: way, real quick, shout out to our friend Ed Hewitt. Yes, he is. He is on it. When I fuck up and post an episode and something's wrong, he always lets me know. And uh, Ed, I appreciate that. I have implemented some new uh, quality check procedures that will make sure that doesn't happen again. Because folks, this is a three man operation. It's me. It's Tommy, and it's Richie doing the sound. So sometimes, I don't know, sometimes little things will happen, but I fix it. Anyway, continue. Yeah, we call it the Hewitt check. <laughs> <laughs> Ed is on it, man. Yo, he's he's on point. I, yeah. uh,
1: so other than that, uh, everything's kind of copacetic. Everything's going really well, and no news is good news. But other than you know the job thing, that's it's been kind of really nothing really new. So how are you?
0: Oh, he asked. I love it when he does that. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I try... always think of this whenever we have that conversation the first thing is i even you when you go back to listen to this to edit you're going to be like you can hear me like ramping up to like i'm about to say no keith you go first how are you (laughs) i know
0: i could hear it and i love it (laughs) as you know tommy i'm investing a lot in the infrastructure of the show i bought the new high-powered gaming pc and i got all set to record the thing is so loud i was afraid the fans were going to overpower the recording so we're gonna have to do some testing after this i'm retraining myself to play warzone on mouse and keyboard which is very important as you know and uh, i think i'm getting there yeah there's just been a lot of equipment set up but other than that everything is great tommy i'm still enjoying life Uh, work is great yeah everything's great wait there was something else i needed to talk about oh you know what i'm gonna save that for segment three because there, there was this, there's a story about my root canal that's funny. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. So I, I got to tell you that. Okay. But listen, with our time here, we want to get into some new music. Yes. There, there, t- there's just so much music coming out. I can't keep up. Um. And there's two big releases that Tommy and I checked out. First, Circa Survive, A Dream About Love, the new EP. It's out right now, folks. Go listen to it if you haven't. Tommy... I love this thing. I'm so happy that Circus Survive is experimenting with their sound and trying something different. I think this EP is a big departure for them and a good one. I absolutely love what they're doing. I would like to see them push even further into this world and keep experimenting. You know, yeah. like I would like the next LP to be a landmark experimental thing with all different types of sounds and guests. And, you know, this could be their magnum opus.
1: Two things about this. One, this album is growing on me significantly. I've actually listened to it probably three times all the way through almost a fourth uh, on the way home from work today. Yes, it does. And this is for, if you are expecting to listen to handshakes at sunrise, you're going to be disappointed. That's not what this is, but it is a fucking, awesome record lyrically musically yes uh, in terms of the progress they've made and and like what you said is like i like the fact that circa has always done their own thing and they don't give a fuck what anybody says about it, they're just like, no, we're doing something new. (laughs) That's what made them who they are in the first place. Exactly. So I think I am always just enamored with like Anthony's voice is so powerful and so dynamic that when I hear it, I do end up listening to things like just segments, like 15 seconds of it. And I go, God damn it, I have to hear that part again. And then I'll just rewind it because there's some sections that are just – they're subtle but they are such fucking crazy changes in his voice that happen in within a 10 second range and it's so awesome. Really really happy for them and I'm so proud that that you know we've had all those guys on and we've gotten to talk to them and you know we got to grow up with a couple of them so well we've had all of them except Nick Beard. But
0: folks, stay tuned. That's all I'm going to say. And my favorite track even better. Unbelievable. That song gives me feelings, man. Feelings.
1: Unbelievably good. I like Gone for Good the best.
0: Circa, we love you. Congrats on the new record. I love what you're doing. And Tommy, we have also listened to Knocked Loose, A Tear in the Fabric of Life. Yo. I fucking love this record. (laughs) I got to admit, I got to admit, now, I like Knocked Loose, but I've pretty much only listened to everything once. Yes. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm still new to the world of Knocked Loose. Okay. This thing is unbelievable (laughs) i i was i was like sitting by the river listening to the new circa and then i was like all right i'll listen to knocked loose when i start walking home because that's intense and you're dodging people and you're on the subway dude this thing got me amped It's
1: so so good and they actually have like this uh kind of thematic element that runs through the entire record of like these so it starts off with like you know a car starting, and then there's somebody kind of shifting through the radio channels, and then there's some clear digging and some noises that go. Like <laughs> it's it's, it's yeah, yeah, I had
0: to check to make sure I stole the record on. I was like, what's going on?
1: <laughs> yeah, but I will say this: there are some parts in there that uh, I I know that uh, I don't know the vocalist name off the top of my head. I can't believe I can't think of it. But his voice is uh, for you know hardcore. We always think of that kind of gruff like Cookie Monster kind of thing. His voice is pretty high. He is a yep. pretty high tenor um, when he sings. And I think he does some really cool stuff with his vocals this time. And there's also a couple sections where they have blast beats, very almost black metal-ish, where like yes. a couple of the transitions. Really, really cool. And also, there are some breakdowns that are fucking crushing. Unbelievable.
0: Uh, the first song, Where Light Divides the Holler, I think yes. that's my favorite. And they have this really disembodied style breakdownage in it and oh my
1: god i that really gets me going there is stay with me on this there is a section where it is just guitar i believe it is in (sighs) return to passion Mm -hmm. and it's just the guitar section there's no vocals there's literally nothing behind it right Uh, it sounds almost identical at least in my memory to the guitar sound from far beyond driven by pantera like it's that same It actually sounds like the beginning of uh, Slaughtered. It's fucking amazing. Fucking amazing. The
0: production is great. The band is great. I really like what's going on. I love that. That brand of metalcore, that's like the thing right now. Now, when we were growing up, it was the more melodic stuff, Hope's Fall, Poison the Well, all that kind of stuff. But now there's this metallic, new metal-tinged, disembodied-influenced Brutal metalcore thing going on, and I love it. Bands like Knocked Loose, Vein, Sanction, I love that sound. I love that
1: style of metalcore. And they also take a real heavy kind of, like, there's a real strong nod to the old, just beat-down hardcore, like Cold as Life, Bulldoze, fucking just... Emphasis on the heaviest sections and just repetition of those and then all right we did it. Okay, now do it (laughs) halftime. Like it's fucking amazing.
0: (laughs) Yes. So a lot of great music happening and we're stoked about that. Check back in with us. It's segment three. We'll have more to talk about. But right now, we're gonna talk to Corey Brim of Glassing. Enjoy. All right, folks. We're here now with Corey Brim. Corey. Welcome back to the show.
2: Hey, guys. How's it going? Super stoked to be back.
0: Oh, it's going great. We're so happy to have you back, Corey. We have been anticipating this moment for years now. Corey, do you know the last time you were on the show was June 2020?
2: Jeez, right in the thick of all the shit, wasn't it? Oh, that was yeah.
0: like a, a couple months into COVID. It was a couple months into us. Episode 16. That is insane. Oh, you know, dang.
2: I'm in the top uh, in the, when the first 20 shows. Okay.
0: Yeah, so you're you know this is why we appreciate you because you've been there from the beginning. You came on when we barely knew what we were even doing. And uh we're very happy to have you back now that we are seasoned podcast professionals.
2: <laughs> you guys totally are. You got well 4.7 stars now and you've you're up to how many episodes?
0: We are up to 4.8 on the Apple Podcast ratings and this will be episode 87. Oh man, that's awesome.
2: Well, I have uh, probably listened to 87 of them at this point, so I'm a I'm a fan and a guest, so uh, I'm really excited. Well,
0: we are fans of you too, Corey. You know, folks, as we know, as we know, or as we should know, Glassing has a new LP coming out, Twin Dream. It comes out on Brutal Panda on November 5th, and we're going to talk about that. But Corey, you know I got to ask, how are you doing today today
2: today i'm cool i'm 32 degrees cool that's a that's a throwback to tommy's favorite underwear at costco which by the way (laughs) i hate going to costco so Tommy, we're gonna have to argue about that but i do love that 32 (laughs) degrees underwear
1: it's so nice right i just bought new i bought a new packet puma socks i don't know why people don't buy new socks all the time it's like brian it's like buying a new pair of shoes you feel amazing it's just you know for folks not in the know, aka
0: me, what is what is this? Is this Costco's brand of thermal clothing or something?
2: No, it's just kind of like uh, just nice underwear that's like kind of it's lets you breathe a little bit. It's kind of almost athletic. It's light. It's not too long. I don't want to wear like super long boxes, but I don't want them like too short either. And like the exit hole is perfectly placed. Just comfortable stuff, man.
1: Yeah, and and, and that sounds and, good and, and and very 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 well priced.
2: Oh yeah, I was just listening to the beautiful mistake episode and I heard you talking about getting $13 pants that you're just gonna
1: ruin. So I was like, that's that's Tommy. Dude, (laughs) I got two I got another pair. I I got I got another pair. I liked them so much, went back and bought another pair.
2: Oh, you went to Costco twice in a week?
1: Uh, yeah, I went on a Saturday. Well, I mean, I guess it was a, a week and a day, but I went on a Saturday and then I went the following Sunday. That's too much. Uh, me and my <laughs>
2: wife, uh, I, I tell her I'm only going to go uh, twice a year now, but here's the thing. Here's the messed up part. You tell me if this is messed up or not. I'm not even on the, uh, the Costco membership. My wife splits it with her mom and then she has the audacity to, to make me go with her. I think she needs to take her mom if she's going to go grocery shopping there. I, I refuse to go there. I don't like anything about it except the 32 degrees. Cool. That place is hell. It's hell. Let's yeah, let's get into this a little bit.
0: Corey, why don't you like it? And then we'll we'll talk to Tommy about why he does like it.
2: Well, first off, if you make me get gas there, I'm gonna I'm gonna blow a gasket. I cannot handle waiting in line for to save what for like four cents just sign up for like the shell card just put your number to actually what i do at gas stations you put in a phone number just do eight six seven five three oh nine you'll always get the little gas discount so the <laughs> austin's five one two five one two eight six seven five three oh nine i'm not gonna wait in line for gas uh you know what i gotta admit like i guess some of the like free trial stuff there you know you get to like eat some yes. of the like the swedish meatballs all right i'll mess with that but, man, I just hate going there. that giant cart's too heavy to move around. I can't, like, maneuver it very well. I can't go too fast. I like jumping on it, ride it like a skateboard. It's just too big. <laughs> that place is it's not my jam.
0: Now, Tommy, now I know you've spoken a little bit about this. Would you call it the Costco treasure hunt? Like, you have to figure Damn. out where things are in the stores. Give us your thoughts,
1: Tommy. I enjoy Costco for a couple reasons. One. Uh, oh, wait, my- I know one. It's got to be. I constantly think <laughs> about ways that I can <laughs> save money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that. Uh, but we, uh, you know, you know, we have, there's five people in my family and we eat a lot of fresh fruit and vegetables. So we go once a week just to get bananas, apples, carrots, lettuce, everything like all the fresh produce. Right. Um, and then also, uh, we do like early Christmas shopping. So like, you know, the girls will be walking through the aisles and they'll say like, oh, I like that Lego set or, oh, I want a new sled or something. And then the next time I go back, I won't take them and I'll just go and pick up all that stuff. And then I hide it in the attic in the garage. Well, that's seasonal, but let's talk about everyday shopping, Tommy. I, I will say it is, a uh, if you go with someone that doesn't know what they're doing, it can be a two to three hour ordeal. Um, oh, so uh, you're gatekeeping on Costco true. now. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so you're saying you, you're the expert. Well, I go weekly.
2: <laughs> have you ever lost your wife in Costco though? Dude, that's the worst. Oh, yeah. like, I, I can't separate because if I do, I'll never find her again. So we can't split up, which means we have to stay together the whole time and that makes it even longer. So that's a huge deal.
1: We bring walkie talkies, so (laughs) no. um, I I have lost her before and it is it is a little nerve wracking because you just look up and it's just it's sixty feet of ceiling. (laughs) Like it's really it's a fucking huge place. It's like being lost in a warehouse. You're like fuck I don't even know where to start looking and then when you go down the if you go there on a day when it's busy it's like the, the aisles are packed it's hard to figure out like you know especially if it's like winter time people are wearing a lot of clothes you're like I was she wearing a hat I forget like yeah it, that is a little nerve-wracking but I I do like that my kids really like going because they like trying all the free samples and they really enjoy like because they last week found Cheetos makes a big, huge, giant bag of – it's Cheetos-flavored popcorn and, like, the Cheeto, like, pieces all in one bag. So it's Cheetos mixed with Cheetos-flavored popcorn, and we went through a bag in, like, a week. But wait,
2: Tommy, so knowing how frugal you are, don't you think you would just make your own, you get a bag of popcorn, (laughs) and then you just throw some Cheetos in there to, like, save a buck? Don't you think you could just do that?
1: The popcorn is Cheetos-flavored.
2: Oh yeah, that might be hard to do. But don't they have those like Christmas tins, where you got like the three different kinds of popcorn? And one of them's oh. kind of Cheetos flavored, or is it different than that? Like that That's that. One? that
1: sounds too seasonal for me. That's I can different. get. I, I can get this all the time. I can go Cheetos and-
0: is like a special kind of cheese dust. No. This is a, this is an
1: awful lot of this is an awful lot of Costco talk. Yeah, you know what?
0: I, I was gonna say if Costco <laughs> doesn't end up a sponsor of this podcast, we're we're doing something wrong. We are just like. This could basically be a podcast about Costco.
2: Well, I'll say this before we move on. They need to just like decide to have delivery and then I will never bitch about it again.
1: Yes. <laughs> I, I will say that that is something that is huge. And especially when the pandemic was hitting, like that was something we were like, oh my God, why don't they have like a, online shopping? The other thing I really do like about that is I've seen the same people, I've been going to the same one for three years. I, I see the same people that work there all the time. Like it's a good job. <laughs> it's it's a, a good family job. affair for you now oh yeah no i know You're probably dude. like
0: norm from cheers when you walk in there <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> like,
1: Tommy. yeah you know, the dude that works in like electronics his name's miguel super nice dude helped me pick out my tv fucking rad every time i go past him he's like hey man how you doing i'm like no i'm going fucking great bro like tell him to listen to the podcast dude i don't th- he uh he's an older guy i don't think he would care oh yeah If like, think he's well, in we're talking 60s.
2: about him he might be down to always good to hear about
1: yourself you know? that's actually true i'll tell him one day I'm like yo i talked about you on a podcast he'll be like what the fuck's a podcast <laughs> uh we've talked about this before but i envision a video
0: short where you take me to costco tommy and show me the ropes oh yeah <laughs> and then we could drop in on miguel and uh, do like a quick interview as well
1: i'd love that i would love i would love that
0: Yeah, that that's going to be in our future. But Corey, we are here to talk to you. Now, the last time we spoke with you was June of 2020. A lot has happened
2: since then. Catch
0: us up. What's new? What's going down?
2: Well, uh, I went to Furnace Fest. So that. Wait a second. You were there? Yeah, I was there. I was there. Oh my god! I wish I would have known you were there. Well, we could have hung out. Yeah. Well, guess what? This I pulled a Keith. I saw you, and I was just like. Too self conscious to come say hi.
0: Oh, I'm really? pretty sure
2: it was you. But then again, I've never met you. But I'm pretty sure I know what you look like. And yeah. I was like, "What would Keith do if Keith saw Keith at, at Furnace Fest? He wouldn't go <laughs> say <laughs> hi to him. So that's, that's that's what I did. Plus, I was doing. I think it was when Piebald was playing outside, and I was taking like a nap. And yeah. uh, I, they were like singing singing lyrics about how uh, how they were. Oh, there's like some Piebald song where he talks about taking a nap. I don't have the joke queued up right now, but it, insert the funny thing about the piebald having a lyric about sleeping and I was sleeping. But uh, yeah, I saw you there and I wasn't sure if I wanted to, if it was you or not. But anyway, Furnace Fest was amazing. It was absolutely lightning in a bottle like the Beautiful Mistake dude said. Yes. It was probably the maybe the best fest I've ever been to and just what an amazing time. Also, I thought you did a really good job about not telling Beautiful Mistake that you didn't catch their set because I know your ass was watching Hopes Fall instead. <laughs> um yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, we, were, we were right up front for hopeful and um there's like a picture of like my my buddy holding up a J, i think his name is the singer folks that just every set was so good i had such a blast
0: yes i i hope i get to catch the beautiful mistake in the future but Corey, yes you please if uh we're in the same state again or something say hi but i i feel you like i saw a friend of mine who who I know who I grew up with and we were backstage and he was like talking to another band and I was like, ah, uh, he, I, I don't want to bother him. And this is someone I know.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what I was doing. You know, I actually, there was a handful of friends that were there that I went, you know, didn't go with, but saw them there and kind of hung out with all weekend and stuff. So it, it was like a, a friend fest, you know, a high school union. I've heard you guys say it. it I mean, what was you, what was your favorite set? I remember you guys did like a, a recap, but like, what was your favorite set?
0: Jeremy Enyick and the Get Up Kids.
2: Yes, Get Up Kids were like that was like dead last, right? I mean, like Sunday night. Yep. Yeah, and then uh, oh no, and then I remember walking by and seeing um, uh, who was like the main headliner on Sunday night. Oh, uh, Killswitch Engage. Killswitch Engage. Yeah, and then they played. Uh, oh, was that like the song you mentioned? forget the end of that. heartache end of heartache oh yeah i was like i'm not the hugest fan of that band but this it's tight and my wife was like going crazy she's like this band rules i mean just from like start to finish it was amazing i remember friday you know i don't know four o'clock or whatever it's kind of like the first real band i was up close for 18 visions up in that shed stage or the plug your hole stage i guess it's like how like nba jerseys have advertisements on them now where I like put like calling the stages, different stuff, but that when Eighteen Visions played, um, I was like, "Oh, we're here! It's on! This is going down! The next three days are going to be just amazing!" Uh, like it, it was in line uh, during when End was playing and stuff, and it was just so amped. Also, I remember I was going to tell you this: you, you, you messed up on the food, dude. It, that Friday, you know, you're trying to get food at the uh, uh, the food trucks, you know? Right. Okay, here's what you should have done. I know you don't drink anymore, but the brewery across the street, dude, they had the best food. I ate there all three days. Oh, and it wasn't that busy? No, man, it was awesome. Like it it was I mean, not as busy as waiting an hour and a half and missing three bands, that's for sure. Yeah.
0: I am gonna go to the brewery next time. I also brought food a couple days, you know. So but I don't know. By the time I got to the sandwich it was all soggy. But yeah. Oh, and I also want to say I feel I feel like I may have harped on the food trucks a little too much on this show. I I don't mean to take away from the wonder that is the fest. It was a great time, yeah, minus no missing a couple bands because I waited a long time for food.
2: The food, the truck was good. All of them. I you know I heard everyone said that it was they were great, and I did try one of them later. But the cool thing about eating at the brewery was that you could uh, as you eat. You're like a hundred yards from the the other stage. I don't remember who sponsored the pond that one. Pawn stage. Yeah. And uh, you know, I was like watching Code Seven and slamming a burger, so it it, <laughs> it was great. I highly recommend it next time.
0: Wow, I can't believe you were there. I had no idea.
2: Yeah, it was cool seeing. Oh, Tommy, I saw Appleseed Cass. For How were they? Uh, you know, I think that I think it wasn't the best that I've ever seen them, but I'm the biggest Appleseed cast fan in the world. So like it, I just enjoyed it. They played a lot from the, from the new record. And it was, I'm happy I got to see that because um, I'm I had some bad luck. Last time I saw them, their, uh, their van broke down. And so only, I think his name's Chris, the the main guy, it was all, just him playing like acoustic by himself in Austin. So I was like, oh, it was like right on the tour of the, their latest record. And I was super excited. And so, Um, To see him at Furnace Fest was super, super fun. And actually, I was thinking you would probably love this story, Tommy. I saw Appleseed Cast in 2000, I guess it was like 2005. And it was them in Criteria and at this little place in Salt Lake City called uh, Kilby Court. And this opening band showed up late. And um, the Appleseed Cast was like, hey, guys, everyone needs to stick around. I know it's it's late and the opening band is supposed to play before us, but I promise you, you're going to be stoked if you stick around. And it ended up being Russian Circles on their no very first shit. tour. And I'm, I'm watching them in a room like the size of the office I'm sitting in right now, and it was mind blowing. And it was also probably the, f- I think it was the first time I made weed uh, like weed brownies too. So <laughs> it was it was a, definitely a memorable night.
1: An experience unto itself, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. And of course, all the bands slayed. And it's always cool to see bands like You know, earlier, and that was what's so cool about Furnace Fest because you get to see like all these bands you saw back in the day, like um, I saw Hopes Fall and Beautiful Mistake and Every Time I Die together on tour in two thousand three. I mean, I I got to see that. I'm super stoked to to like have been there. And I think I actually I was talking to um, Ryan, who didn't get to play the Furnace Fest show, but at that show apparently in two thousand three, I guess some douchebag straight edge kids from salt lake like like beat him up and he got had like you know had to get his jaw wired shut and fixed and all that stuff like Ugh. salt lake had a really bad um like violent streak there for a while
0: yeah he was on the show he told that story yeah that was a crazy story when he was out with a celebrity
2: that's right because he was playing in celebrity and like his other band like his old his band that he left was like opening for him, and i thought that was kind of crazy i didn't actually know that until i heard that story um but yeah, that was a wonderful show. And then actually I also saw Beautiful Mistake in uh, Further Scenes Forever uh, when that when they came through like in two thousand three or four also. So that's why Furnace was so fun for me. Got to see a bunch of stuff I hadn't seen in twenty years.
0: Exactly. You'll you'll never see that line up together again. Well, I guess until the next Furnace I was gonna Fest. say
1: maybe next year. <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> next year.
0: But uh Corey, now you've got a new record coming out. Let's dig into this. Tommy and I have listened to it several times over. Yeah. We absolutely love it. And we want to hear about it from you, direct from the source.
2: Oh, that means, means a lot. I'm happy that Keith and Tommy... Are, are fans of it. And, uh, only special people got to hear it early. So you were, <laughs> you were specifically chosen.
1: That is right. We were so psyched when you sent the link. Well, Keith, you sent it to Keith and Keith sent it to me and I was like, wait, is this what I think it is? He's like, open it. I'm
2: like, "Yes, yes." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we're really excited. It's called twin dream. Um, it's going to come out on, on brutal Panda and, um, it's getting distro through death wish and then in Europe, for our European people who don't like to pay lots of money for shipping, they'll be able to get it through Deathwish too. 2. There's crazy vinyl delays right now, so we're actually uh, at the moment praying we're going to get it for our release show. But there's lots of bands that are on tour right now that don't have their vinyl. So that's all just, you know, everyone's dealing with that crap. But um, the record itself, I mean, couldn't be more proud of it. It's the I think it's the best thing we've done. The recording process was really exciting for us because we got to spend a lot of time on it. Our engineer, his name's uh, Andrew Hernandez. He's pretty much worked with us for everything that we've done. We got to record at this studio called Cedar Creek in South Austin. And what was cool about it is that it's it's kind of like a country, like Western music kind of recording studio. So there's like records on the wall from like the Dixie Chicks, uh, or formerly known as the Dixie Chicks, you know, stuff like that. So we we're in the studio that was really, uh, we're an outsider, you know, to to go in there. And it was, it's been a while since I think it was really in its heyday. And so it's, you know, it's not a brand new pristine studio. And it's kind of like on the edge of this, it's kind of like in the woods, almost, it feels like it's actually at the edge of a neighborhood, but it looks out over just like acres and acres of, of wood.
0: What's it like for you guys to go in there to record? Are they not ready for what they hear? Or do you have your <laughs> producer there? So it's like, you know, they know the deal.
2: That was kind of the deal is that since it was during COVID um, I think basically the people at the studio kind of just bailed on it there. I don't think it's a super, super active studio anyways. And so our engineer was kind of able to give us a lot more time in the studio than we would normally have. And so we, you know, we kept joking. We're like, this is this must be what it's like to be the death tones. You just get to like spend a lot of time recording. <laughs>
1: yeah. Corey, how, approximately how much time do you guys have? A couple weeks?
2: I mean, we were in there, I felt like we were, I mean, for like, over a month, we were going in regularly. Wow. Um, I mean, it's not like eight hour days, you know, consecutively, but we spent a ton of time in the studio, you know, we're coming from being the kind of band where it's like, okay, we got three days, knock it out, and whatever you get is what you get, you know? Whereas it's like, hey, um, I'm going to spend this day just completely reamping some of the stuff you already did, like getting to use some studio tricks, being able to like Write in the studio, something we've never been able to do before, and it's, being you know part of that for us is like really it's good for us because you bands write songs, we unwrite songs. We will we will write a full song and then just don't, like unwrite it, just mess <laughs> with it so much until it's just gone. there's not even a song anymore. Someone's pissed and we just throw the whole thing away. So being able to capture it in the moment and have this like the magic that happens that first time you're all kind of playing together and you hear like oh yeah this is tight let's do this some of the songs on the record were actually written in the studio and never being able to do that before. It was fucking awesome to be able to capture that there and not be able to fuck with it to the point to where it just goes away and disappears. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And I have to say, honestly, I don't pay attention to production most of the time. I'm not like a huge production guy, but listening to this record, I actually stopped and I was like, holy shit, like this thing sounds really good. You can tell the amount of care and, you know, the amount of time that went into this.
2: Yeah. uh, Thanks, man. I'm really glad to hear you say that. And all of that goes to, to Andrew. I mean, I said, I've said this many times, but he's like, he's a fourth member. He's the, um, the, the timbre and the, just the pristine. I, I, it just sounds super, super good. And that's all him. You know, I'm particular about my tones and whatnot, but, some of the production tricks we get to do in the studio uh we it's been fun practicing and rehearsing for our release show because you can't exactly do what you did in the studio so you have to like come up with new ways to kind of how does this transition going to go when we play it live and that's actually fun it's a challenge for us so but yeah I, i'm glad to hear you like it
0: how do you do that thing where i can't remember the song there's like this thunder thing you do with the guitar, like all the drums go away and it's just like layers of guitar go...
2: Yeah, the earthquake. We called it the earthquake. I mean, really, that's just kind of a nod to the Z string, like bomb, the bomb string, bomb note, whatever you want to call it from Torch. Um, yes. familiar with that. <laughs> that's yeah. what yeah. it reminded me of, yeah. yes. It That's kind of me just kind of yeah giving an ode to to Steve Brooks there but the way I do it I mean I'll tell you I I have a it's a pitchfork pedal and I turn it down to two octaves and then I crank it at 75 percent so 75 percent of the signal is two octaves down and 25 percent of the signal is the raw source of the string and it's just you know tuned down to a sharp I just hit that low note and then put the octave pedal on and you know and that's <laughs> that's what it does the thing about it though is like when you do that, you go to that low. The volume of it kind of comes down a little bit. So we pump that up in the mix, and it's always been something I've been trying to figure out how to how to do live to like get it to come across. I mean, it's we're loud enough that it usually works, but I just want I want to kind of I want to knock someone over with that. That's the ultimate goal, it's like to actually <laughs> yes. push someone over with that sound.
0: Yes. So now I'm I'm making a mental inventory to pick up that pedal
2: at some point. Yeah, it's the pitch for you. Good things rad. Yeah. I use that pedal for a lot of stuff, too. I mean, um, all t- it's got all sorts of cool stuff. You can put it at, like, uh, a harm- like a f- a fifth up or a fifth up and down or just, like, an octave up um, only at, like, 25%. And I'll do that, like, on the Absolute Virtue song where they kind of like, nah, 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 all that crap I have. Uh, octave on to make it kind of shine a little more make it sound cooler i mean the whole point of glassing is to sound cooler than we are that's really what the point of the band is. <laughs> <laughs> well
1: it's always it's always nice when you listen to the record and then you kind of reminded like this is a three-piece like it definitely fucking blows you away like how the fuck do they sound like this it's so incredible
2: you know what Tommy that's my my I have two favorite compliments. One is is that one. And the other one is when like to say that we sound more than like just a three piece. I, I really appreciate that. And then the other one is when a sound guy buys our our merch. That's my that's like the <laughs> ultimate. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's going to be awesome. So tell us how are we going to recreate some of this massive sound live? You've played a couple shows, right? What is some of the stuff you have to do to uh, to fill in the gaps? And you you have an actual fourth member now, don't you?
2: Yeah. So we added um, Sean Ringsmith of Street Sex, and if you aren't familiar with him or you haven't checked them out, um, amazing band uh, on the Flenser. It was a two piece, like kind of industrial, you know, nine inch nails kind of meets like full of hell type sound. Um, you definitely go spend some time with it. Their their live shows and incredible. They, they just fog out the place. I mean, I think they played St. Vitus and just like you couldn't even see your hand in front of you. That's the kind of band that they are. Um, and Sean was kind of the the instrumentalist behind it. And then they're, they had a singer named Leo. So now Sean has joined us and he is, you know, he is helping us kind of pull off some of the live sounds, you know, because part of the nature of being in the studio for a long time is that you add a lot more parts than you normally would if you only had three days. And so, part of the production is that I have overdubbed myself more than I, that I probably should have. And so I need somebody to come in and kind of help play some of those parts. And, you know, I'm too vain to let another guitar player ever join this project. So it had to be sent. <laughs> <said. laughs> and, and Sean's just, he's so good. He's such a good musician. Um, he's got a project out called Lou Vinci right now. It's the same kind of stuff, kind of like street sex. So check that out too. But um, yeah, he's amazing. And he's helping us pull off the live sound for sure.
0: That's great. And when did you actually record this thing? I'm trying to think about it in terms of how bad COVID was or how locked down things were.
2: Yeah, that's a good question. The when we did it, it kind of spanned for a little while because when COVID was originally starting to happen, I just I was like, I'm gonna record a guitar part every day for like a month. And that's not something I normally do. I'm not like a big recording engineer person, I don't really know much a lot about that stuff. But I had a mic and I have this like little baby doom rig that I love. It's essentially, it looks just like my big rig. It's a little Imper 110 that they made me and like a little Model T clone that's five watts from uh, this company called Hex. And so I have this awesome little like miniature home thing. And so anyway, I decided I was going to do just record parts every day for a month. And we used some of that um, in, in the recording. The opening track, Spire, which there'll be a video for um, next week, is was kind of pulled from some of that stuff. So, it really kind of began with me kind of just writing a bunch of ideas because I couldn't do anything else, you know, no one couldn't practice. And then, but to answer your question more directly, like it was recorded, I mean, I think it started as early as, I mean, because Twin Dream came out. Geez, when did Twin Dream come out? Like, I don't even know when that song came out, but like it was like a a year ago, I think, or something. I think Um, it was last summer. Or maybe, yeah. somewhere, Somewhere around there. Yeah, gosh, it seems like, I don't even remember. But so we recorded basically the half of it and then kind of came in. And then that's where we spent a lot of the time in the studio kind of recording the other half of it. So the answer, I don't know. I really don't know when
1: we record it, but it took a long time.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, time is so strange right now. I have a hard time remembering what day of the week it is now or when things happened. You know, Tommy and I were talking about something <laughs> before <laughs> the show and we didn't even know what month it
1: was. Yeah. I was like, I was like, well, when we get to the blah, 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 blah. And I was like, He's like, what? What month do you think it is? I'm like, well, it's almost well. Oh shit, it's November. It's almost November. It's like this weekend is fucking Halloween. <laughs> like it, it, this month just flew past, man. It's fucking dude. Crazy.
2: Col- COVID really did mess with like my sense of time because, yes. like, I usually think of time in terms of like seasons and like how it feels and, and whatever. And I, I don't know, man. It's just something with time is weird. I just don't remember when when shit happened anymore. Maybe I'm just old too. Who knows?
0: That's all gone now. Like my life has. Completely changed because I'm working from home. There's been so many different cycles of coping. I got deep into YouTube. I got deep into gaming. I'm deep into Twitch now. There's all these. There's all these different layers to things. Corey, walk us through some of. Because the last time, again, the last time we spoke to you was June 2020. A lot has had to have happened since then. Walk us through some of your, your changes or your coping mechanisms.
2: No, totally. I actually did have to pick one up because, you know, the way I exercised in the past was I'd play basketball at work. There's a, like an awesome basketball court and there was like a hoops for lunch crew. That's what we called it. And so we go play basketball. But of course, um, I've been working at home for, you know, ever since what 18 months ago. And so after about a year, I was like, okay, I haven't like, sweat in a year i need to go do something so i got into gravel biking of all things so like just as much as like josh is all about like foundation training from from hopes fall and he like does uh, all the core and back stuff you know he's like he could talk to you about that for hours i could talk about gravel biking for hours i didn't even know what a gravel bike was six months ago essentially it's just like a road bike that has thick tires on it and they're super versatile you can ride like mountain bike tracks with it but you can also like haul ass on tarmac so that's what i've been doing i've been putting like 50 to 100 miles a week in on the gravel bike i'll tell you one thing i haven't done i haven't picked up the damn saxophone again i used to play saxophone when i was a kid like my my, my family's always like when are you gonna play the saxophone again and i'm like well not now not during covid so i haven't done that but i also have an 11 year old or 10 year old rabbit and we have a three-year-old australian shepherd willie and Whalen. And so, you know, we go kayaking, got into, we got a stand up paddle board. We've been trying to like, you know, look like we're real Austin people and doing that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, you know, been trying to get outside more because I feel like it was one of the things you could do was, was go outside during COVID. And what, what drove me crazy, as soon as I started getting into biking, they're like, shut the trails down. And I was like, well, you know, maybe we're being a little overcorrecting here, overcautious because I think being outside is where we all should be right now.
0: Nice gravel biking. I like the, uh, I like the outdoor stuff. You know, I need to get into more of that. I, I actually went outside this past weekend and, and well, listen, I, I all right. I realize that I do something. I make it sound like I never go outside and do anything, but that's just not true. I just don't spend a lot of time outdoors, but I went and sat in front of the East River and just listened to some music. I think I'm going to try to make that a weekly thing because it was really nice.
2: You know, they say uh, if you are outside and you just, like, look at trees like, a few minutes a day, you're just, like, happier. And, like, there's some of the cortisol and your stress levels, like, just being around trees and outside. Like, there's some just natural remedying effects of that. Badass. Been doing a little bit of meditation, too. Um, you know, started doing therapy. I think that's great. I think everyone should do it regardless of, like, you know, how well your life's going. That's been super helpful for me.
0: Now, is there is there a specific reason you chose to do therapy or do you you just feel like you needed to?
2: I think, you know, everyone's got their own personal shit going on and and the people around them, um, you know, family and friends. And it's just been a hard time for everybody. So I, I can't say it's just one individual thing, but I can tell you that it's helped with a ton of different things. And that there should never be any shame to going to therapy. One thing, not at all, is not at all. And it's it's the only problem. I, the only thing about therapy I don't like is that it's extremely difficult, and the barrier to entry into getting therapy is really hard. I mean, I just tried to turn over my insurance card and just call a number and tried to go that way, and it was impossible. I called like four doctors. They're like, "Yeah, we don't, uh, we we're don't, we we're don't even exist anymore," or like they don't answer. They're in another town. Um, So I wish it was easier for people, but I think it's super helpful.
0: Yeah, I had the same experience trying to cold call doctors and I just wasn't getting anywhere. And thankfully, my sister got me in somewhere. But I think therapy is great for everyone because I found that we are so shielded from ourselves as people. We can't see ourselves. We can't see who we are or what we need to change. Like I was a full-blown drug addict. I was like 25 pounds underweight. When I look at pictures of myself from back then, I'm like, holy shit, like, no wonder everyone was trying to get me to eat all the time or asking me if I was okay. And back then, I thought I looked fantastic. <laughs> I was like, I'm I'm God's gift to everybody. I look great. I'm awesome. Everyone loves me. And only now, all these years later, can I look back and see like, oh, oh my God, look at me. Look at me. I'm half dead. So, you know, it took other people outside myself to give me this information that maybe I need help. And that's why I think therapy would be good for everybody. An outside perspective is great. And the ability to keep learning and growing
1: is great. You should get a middle schooler, man. They'll tell you exactly what's <laughs> fucking wrong. With and no shame in their face. Like they'll just be like, you're bald and your teeth are crooked and you need to shave. And you're like, all right, okay. All right. <laughs> oh, Shit. That's hilarious.
2: All right. Fuck man. <laughs> like, and also like, don't wait, you know, don't know, wait until like, Shits in shambles to get therapy. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. You know, like just it's it's okay. It should be normalized. It should just be part of like, you know, part of your monthly routine or your weekly routine. It can really help.
0: Exactly. It's like hygiene for the body and, and
1: soul. Corey, in terms of going to therapy, like what are the biggest benefits that you see from it? Because I've actually been considering it.
2: You know, uh, talking to a complete stranger is something I would never do. I wouldn't even go say hi to Keith when I thought it was him at Furnace <laughs> So just having the – it's like a blank canvas, but it, it's a real person. Like there's just – there's no judgment. You just can feel super open about it. And it, there's – like it's going to be different for everybody. But I think another benefit is just the like hearing somebody with a completely outside perspective just listen. It just, honestly, it's the listening part to me. Uh, I was expecting my therapist to probably like ask me more questions or not necessarily ask more questions, but like, give me more advice. And it's it's not, you realize pretty quickly, they're not, they're not there to, they're not a wave a wand and all your problems are going to go away. Um, it's really just like someone that's listening. That's also, that's not your, like your spouse or your best friend or something, because you can't put all your problems onto Onto your spouse. That's not fair. You can't. You can't just be always talking about the same things or all your problems to to people around you. That's not what they're there for. You know, you, a therapist can really help you with that kind of stuff.
1: It really sounds to me like it's it's something that allows you to kind of hold a mirror up to yourself. Like that person becomes kind of a sounding board and allows you. Like, do you say stuff out loud that you go, "Fuck, I didn't think I was going to say that."
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely, you can, and you can get into stuff that you don't you know it's all only ever been in your head and then you can and kind of bounced off somebody and then and let you know kind of it's like a good gauge, a good barometer of like am i handling this right? Am i thinking about this right? Like is this is this the way to do this?
0: Yeah, cuz when you like I, I I have a lot of crazy thoughts and ideas, right? So sometimes I'll talk to a lot of people and then I when you actually say the words out loud, like sometimes I'll be saying something out loud that I'm thinking of doing and then I'm, as I'm saying it I'm like yeah, this isn't a good idea. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> just like just like actually saying the words to another person, once you get it out of your head, you realize
2: how crazy you can be. You, you know what would be crazy? I wanted to bring it back to this. Uh, first off, I'm proud that you got your PMP certification. Yes, Dude, you have it too, don't you? I have one too. And I will tell you one thing that is absolutely crazy is ever letting that certification lapse and have to take that goddamn test again. That was the hardest test I think I've ever taken in my life.
0: It was so hard and you have to sit for four hours since I had to do the exam remotely. You know, I'm in front of a computer with the camera on and I think at the two hour mark, they're like, would you like to take a break? And I was like, yes, I really have to go to the bathroom. So I click yes and they're like, do not get up. This is your break. And I was like, <laughs> well, what the fuck's the point of the break? So I just clicked back and went, I, I literally like... I was out of time. I was like, I cannot hold it anymore. I have to go to the bathroom. So I just have to bite the bullet and click done. And I I could not believe that I passed. I couldn't believe it. I I felt like I was doing so bad. Did you feel like that at all when you took it?
2: Oh, yeah. Well, c- you know, there's some tests that are like adaptive where the, the better you are doing, the questions will get harder. And so it, you can kind of know how well you're doing. Yeah. Um, This one's not one of those. And so you kind of have no <laughs> idea what's going on. And they it's just someone made all of this stuff up. This isn't like a biology exam where you just know the answer. You just have to like memorize what this, whoever these, these people are made this. And it's just so like kind of arbitrary. You just have to kind of like, you just have to know and you have to study it. And anyways, uh, I'm glad I did it. It's been helpful in like the whole career thing. Project management uh, is what, also PMP. Do you know what it stands for?
0: Project management professional.
2: Professional. Okay. Well, see, you you know more than I do.
0: <laughs> well, I took it more recently. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But it's it's really good skills for anybody working in a business or a corporate environment.
2: It's actually been helpful for glassing in a way. Like, uh, do you remember the whole section on risk, like hand, risk management? Yes. One thing that I always will, I will never forget about PNP is like there's four different ways to like manage risk, and one of them is just accepting risk. Just you just roll with it. Like, yes. this might happen. And I was like, that's how I roll. I'm gonna, I'm a, that's how I handle risk.
0: It's so funny that you bring this up because I constantly come back to this because there's like four risk strategies acceptance, mitigation, and my favorite, avoidance. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
2: yeah. Just avoid it before it even happens.
0: Yeah. I often try to just avoid risk and get myself into trouble. <laughs> like, Like, I'll be in a tense conversation with someone and like there's like a fight brewing, and I'll be like, Okay, uh, on the risk strategies, uh, I'm going to select avoidance right now, and <laughs> then they get more mad.
2: So wait, now I'm confused. What's the difference between accepting and avoiding? Is avoiding is like preventing it from happening to begin with, or what's the difference between those two?
0: I can't remember. I I already forgot everything I learned from the test. <laughs> right,
2: we need to we need to make sure we get all of our credits or whatever, so we don't have to take that test again.
0: So Glassing has played a couple shows, right? You guys are back.
2: We did, we've did. we actually only done one. Um, we're trying to do the whole thing where we don't play as much in order to um, kind of build hype for our album release.
0: Oh, right. There was there was the house show, right? Yeah. And then I, I see a flyer for another one coming up. Yeah. So, there, yes, there's only been one show. Let's talk about this show. That thing looked amazing.
2: Yes. So, the, the first show we did was at a, um, a Punk Compound, and they don't even really like, do shows very often, but um, they they kind of do one here and there. It's really it's just a, a really sweet couple that um live at this awesome house, and it's perfectly built for house shows. And there's a... It's more of, like, an outside house show. So, it's not... You're not inside a house. And there's, like, a container ship in the backyard. So, like, people were standing on that. There's, like, a balcony. You know, people were standing up there, and it's just, it was... And the stage is actually kind of sunken. So, you, you kind of look up and it's just just surrounded by all your friends. It was like the vibe was electric it was so fun it was so happy uh, everyone was so happy and we were just glad to be back it was like definitely the best for one of the best shows we ever played in austin and just it just felt really good to have everyone there um and that was with exhalance and easy prey and i think you guys had uh the dudes from Exhalence or easy prey on on the show recently with mall walker
0: yeah yes yeah that's a, a great band easy prey
2: Yes, Easy praise is fantastic. They're in the studio right now, uh, about to do a new record, so definitely keep your eyes peeled for that. And Mall Walker is something that I've been um, kind of working with them on too. So I think I'm I'm joining them on guitar. We had one practice, and it was just all smiles for miles. We just had a great time. Like we love that upbeat, happy emo pop punk stuff. So that's a really fun outlet too for us. Yes, they
0: did mention that when we had them on the show, and I'm so happy that members of my two of my favorite bands. We'll be joining forces.
2: Yeah. So there'll be more to come on that. Um, and then, so the release show that's coming up. Um, so if anyone's in Austin listening, definitely come out November 13th um, at hotel Vegas. And it's one of the coolest venues. I was there last night. Actually. I actually saw Piron. It's like this uh, crazy band from Brooklyn up in, in your neck of the woods, Keith, uh, like super prog death metal stuff. So that was insane. Great venue. The release show is going to be with uh Godshell, a really awesome young band in Austin. Kind of like page ninety nine, kind of real noisy, um, really angry, pissed, like kind of like sumac but faster, super oh, good shit. shit. Yeah, nice. um, Grivo. It's like Devo but sad, is what they say. Hilarious <laughs> uh, tagline. G R I V O. They are they're putting a new record. Uh, I think on Church Road Records. They're close friends of ours. Beautiful, amazing shoegaze. Uh, they I think they're about to go on tour with Slow Crush from uh, from Europe, maybe Belgium. Um, they're killing it. And then also a band called Communion, just awesome, kind of slow, dark, kind of almost westerny, kind of doom. Um, so it's just all all friends, you know, hand curated, going to be super fun, and I'm very, very much looking forward to it, whether we have our vinyl or not by that point.
0: Yeah, I hope the vinyl gets there on time. Oh, I see there's two things I see on Instagram a lot, which makes me sad: vinyl backups. There's a lot of vinyl delays for everybody, and there seems to be a swath of bands getting robbed lately and just losing everything you know like all their equipment gets stolen i just see story after story every week and it's just horrible
2: yeah the russian circles one was was really sad i mean i think they even did it right they got like you they said where they stayed it was some kind of random town in the middle of nowhere like two hours away from where they played and someone still got them i mean that that's that's the horror of being on tour i mean tour is not easy already and then to go and have to deal with something like that i'm really happy they have good fans that were able to make it better for him but that shit just sucks
0: it really does so if you're out on a tour Corey, what would you do to help prevent that now some of our friends they would just always have somebody sleep in the van with a baseball bat no matter where they were no matter what the temperature was and a couple times they had to chase somebody off
2: oh god see if i was the one sleeping the van I don't think I would, they would just take one look at me and be like, oh, we got this guy. Like it wouldn't even matter. Like it wouldn't help for me to be in the van, but here's what I will do. Here's what I'm going to do. Um, so those Apple air tags, have you seen these? This is, so I have them in my, in my cabs and in my guitar cases kind of hidden. So I could kind of track them.
0: Oh, wow. I didn't even know this was a thing.
1: Yeah. I was actually thinking about this with the air tags, taking the back paneling off the guitar and putting it in where, like, the uh, pots are.
2: Yeah, I was – so the only thing is, you know how, like, you put your phone, like, on top of the microwave or something like that? Oh, and it
1: makes the – yeah. Yeah,
2: I, I haven't put an tag on inside, like, my guitar because I'm not sure how it's going to work. But I think, like, the case would be good enough. Yeah. Yeah. But not inside the amp. I think that's one thing I won't do is, I like, put it in the amp. That's got to be something weird. There's got
1: to be some type of signal. Like yeah, it, it's gotta
2: fuck off up. Maybe it'll make my tone even better. Like the, the new, <laughs> the new earthquake sound.
1: Yes, you have like the glitch that you know, like when exactly. you used to know like your phone call was coming because yeah, it came yeah. through the speakers first.
2: That <laughs> oh yeah, we get radio stations coming through our amps sometimes at practice.
0: I love when that happens. It's always some random station that sounds really cool that you'll never hear again. <laughs> yeah right. Yeah so. What are those things called again? What tags?
2: Apple AirTags.
0: Tags. This is what people need to get on, yeah.
1: I got them for my mom for her keys because she loses her keys all the time.
2: Yeah, same here. I got that for my mom for Christmas.
0: I'm going to be 40 in January, and I I was getting scared. I thought maybe I should check into the doctor because I was just forgetting stuff like crazy. I was in the shower, and I forgot if I had cleaned myself already or not. (laughs)
2: Does that ever happen to you guys? <laughs> I guess it happens to me, but I have decided that I'm gonna I'm gonna graduate from the loofah. Is that what those things are called? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and get something else. Those things uh, I'm tired of them. They're just gross, and they're just they never dry completely. And I'm done with it. So any advice on that? But I do remember to clean myself. Uh,
0: well, I just buy body wash, and I just go
1: right into my hand. Oh, so no, I got to scrub. I, I had to scrub myself. I buy one of those things from the dollar store. They look like natural sponges, but I'll buy like 20 of them. And then I change them out every week. Like oh. when we clean the shower on the weekend, I literally toss it in the garbage. I toss all of them in the garbage. Everybody's got one. They're all hung up on little like, what do you call those things? Those 3M like little hooks that you put oh, up. Yeah. Like, it, like we get the waterproof ones. We put them up in the shower. Everybody's got one. At the end of the week, everything gets tossed. See, I need something disposable like that because I keep this loofah.
2: I swear it's probably been in the house since we bought the damn thing like three and a half years ago. And <laughs> oh, I that's like, oh, it's like I always it's always clean because it's always cleaning right No, It's disgusting. So I need something disposable.
1: Dollar store, man. Dollar store. And they have these things. They're not natural sponges for sure, but they look like a natural sponge. And they're uh, they're coarse on the outside. I like a coarse like scrubbing when I go to take a shower.
2: Yeah, I see that's where I'm coming these from these days, especially after all the gravel biking. I got I need to scrub the hands aren't cutting anymore, which by the way Keith, I have always been a hand scrubber. Not even, I can't do it anymore.
1: I actually meant to ask you this with like riding on gravel fairly often, have you fallen really hard yet?
2: Not really, but it's funny cuz uh we did have a spill in uh in Birmingham. So also Keith, pro tip, we rented bikes. We got the last two bicycles from this awesome shop in Birmingham for Furnace Fest. And so we just – then they had a valet there, so you could just park there. They take care of your bike the whole day, and then you just go pick it back up. And so the last night, uh, they had this cool event at Furnace Fest uh, where it was like, you know, the dudes from face-to-face did an acoustic set. Uh, Hot Rod Circuit, which is one of my favorite, like, emo pop bands from back in the day. Who else was there? Like, oh, the Defeater. Defeater played, like, an acoustic set. So anyway, it's like late at night. It's a Sunday at, like, 2 in the morning, and we're riding our bikes back. And there's this downhill like super steep street, and my wife is like trying to like look at her phone to see how to get back to the hotel. And also pro tip, never squeeze the front brake when you're going downhill.
0: <laughs> oh God yeah. So
2: yeah, we had a spill recently, and uh, her leg is still like pretty black and this, she's got like this kind of hard bruise. It hasn't gone away yet and it's been like a month, so we're a little worried about that. So yeah, don't use the front brake if you're going downhill.
1: Wow. Yeah. (laughs) I just always know like when we go to the skate park in the morning, like my daughters and I go and like the first thing we do is we take out the broom because nothing is worse than like loose, even like tiny little fragments of like rock. Like if you just hit it the wrong way and you're leaning back or leaning too far forward, you just completely fucking lose your balance. Like it just slides out from under you. And I was like, all I can think of is you leaning a little bit to one side and then the gravel isn't as secure as you think it is. And the next thing you know, you're picking out gravel for three weeks out of your arm. Oh, well, I can I can see you now, Tommy. Like it's what four forty five in the
2: morning. You're out there sweeping the whole skate park.
1: <laughs> no, you know what I did? I bought one of those uh, like little. Um, we have one for the house. I just start started putting it in my trunk. I have one of those rechargeable um, leaf blowers that has like the rechargeable batteries, kind of like a drill, like the battery you put on the bottom of a drill. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we got I just one bought one of, I bought one of those at Lowe's and uh, I, I put that in the trunk and I just make sure the battery's charged on Friday night. So when we get up Saturday morning, I just go to anywhere. There's like the curvature at the bottom of the ramps. I just blow the whole place out.
2: Dude, I bet you know, those skater kids think that like the city hires that ball
1: guy takes leaf blow <laughs> the leaf blower out. the There's that fucking old dude with the flannel fucking blowing <laughs> his place <laughs> off again. Thanks old dude.
0: I love it. Corey, you seem like you really know us. I
2: love it. No, I'm telling you, like every Monday, I I, I put on the pod. I'm am a fan of the pod.
0: Yeah, We're, we've been talking about this in recent episodes. We forget that other yeah. people actually listen to this.
2: Heck yeah, man! I've been trying to turn turn like all my Austin uh, band friends onto you guys. It was super cool to see Mall Walker on. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a fan. I love you guys. It, it you do kind of get to know you a little bit from <laughs> listening to you guys so much, you know. It's pretty fun.
0: When you hang out with us in person, it's pretty much the same exact thing.
2: Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> uh, the one with Tommy's wife was funny too.
0: Tommy will be talking someone's ear off and I'll be like, all right, let's go. Come on. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't cut it out in real life. <laughs> no, there's no editing in real life. That's the worst part. And also hanging out with us, there's a lot more Simpsons quotes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can get see lots that. more.
0: Uh, there's a funny moment. It was like right before I was leaving Tommy's house when I went to visit. It came down to. Tommy had Wikipedia up and he was just reading the names of episodes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then you're like, okay, I gotta cut this night short. Yeah. Well, speaking of Simpsons quotes, one thing my boss always says is like whenever I'm uh, like if I have a, a presentation and I, I'm like trying to be charismatic or something, he'll be like, There's Corey again with that chief wiggum charm. And <laughs> I don't actually know what episode he's talking about, but I roll with it. So that's my Simpsons quote contribution.
0: So Corey, I mean, glassing is gaining some heat. We've got a Amazing new LP coming out. Have there been any interesting offers, interesting tours, interesting situations creeping up?
2: Yeah, things are definitely in the works. I'm not sure, you know, what all can be talked about right now, but I think you'll see us busy next year for sure. We have a new video coming out. Uh, I guess if you're listening to this, it'll be like on Friday. So the release date's November 5th. We're really excited about that. Um, super cool, good homie named Alex Penrose, uh, and Drake Howard helped us put it together so I think the video is, it turned out really good. We're really proud of that. Um, in terms of like shows and tours, um, you know, keep, keep your eyes peeled. We have, there will probably be some festivals um, and, and some touring for sure in, in 2022 and more details to come on that. But we're, we're ready to hit the ground running. You know, we, we've been sitting on this for a little while, like a lot of bands have. And, you know, it's kind of hard right now because a lot of bands want to get out there. There's bands that put out records, you know, before the pandemic and never got to tour on them during the pande- pandemic and never got to tour on them, putting them out now and want to tour on them. It's never been more competitive. There's never been fewer venues. Booking agents are overworked. And it's just really the environment right now is really hard for a band, especially like one like us. So we're just going to, you know, kind of wait our turn, do what we need to do and we respect that. There's a lot of other bands trying to get out there too, and just and just try to try to play, you know, play it clean and be be patient. That's good. Yeah, that's a good attitude.
0: Do you ever think about the old days? You know, I I think about you sometimes, Corey, because I remember the first time you were on the show. You were you said you were new to Austin and you were going out there playing solo noise gigs by yourself and just trying to just trying to put things together. Do you ever think about the old days? And now you're like, wow, now I've got it going on.
2: Yeah, no, I definitely reflect and feel feel grateful that, of of the place that we we're able to take glassing and, and music in general. Um, and it's funny you bring that up because yeah, I've been I've been in Austin for twelve years now. But thinking back when I first got here, yeah, I was I was trying to start out playing ambient sets. And what this one set I played, my wife brings it up all the time because she thinks it's hilarious. The noise scene was it's it's a weird place, you know. And I kind of only did it because I didn't I didn't know anyone else yet. And I remember one time I just played a set and there's just this woman who sets up a table, puts her her laptop on there, plugs into the PA and just plays bird sounds while staring at her computer for 45 minutes. <laughs> that that's what I was that was where I was coming from. And for the record it was good. Like no shade on the bird lady. She was she was great, but you know, it's it's a little bit different than what I was hoping to do. So I'm definitely happy to be playing with people behind me and to the side of me filling out the sounds and and really you know making good music with me instead of me just kind of playing with my my pedals but i do have um i still kind of been doing it lately i was able to play another yoga set that's one thing i do kind of as a side hustle it's actually the opposite of a hustle because it's at a yoga session but basically (laughs) i play ambient music just turn on all my reverb pedals and i'll play like you know, Amazing Grace, uh, a thousand times slower than it is, or like the Jurassic Park song with like a different different notes and or I'll just straight up play one of this will destroy you's riffs like in, in a different key or something. And it's really fun because you got, you know, there's sometimes more people there watching those ambient sets doing yoga than there are coming to glassing shows. So that's always fun to do, too. And then playing with Mall Walkers is, is starting to get really fun. We had a, a rehearsal that was a blast, so we're going to do that. And then um, also doing Cyclops, which is the other kind of sludgy band that I'm in. Um, so just been been busy, but yeah, like it's nice to like look back on when I moved here and I was, you know, playing with the Bird Lady, and now I'm kind of doing some some stuff with more people, and I'm excited about that.
0: Yeah, you have all kinds of stuff going on, and I was just talking with a friend recently, not two years ago, I was still. I don't know. I was still alone a lot of the time and just trying to figure out what to do. What am I going to do? And now a mere two years later, Tommy and I are neck deep in the podcast and we get to do this thing every week. And, you know, I'm, I'm struggling to look for free time rather than trying to fill it all the time. And I often look back and I'm like, wow, things are really great right now. And that's cool.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I honestly, there's only two podcasts that I listen to every week. And it's the Northeast scene and the Metal Matters. Uh, I think that was it. Burdan and um, oh, I forget the other guy who's um, who started doing the, the Metal Matters podcast. It's an awesome one, too. But I mean, I, I listen to y'all every every week. And yeah, you guys should be proud of this show. It's awesome. I feel like sponsors need to get up in here <laughs> and y'all need to start turning this into a full time career because it's y'all, y'all have something special. I love this podcast.
0: Oh, that is the goal. That is the goal.
1: Costco, are you listening? Costco, where (laughs) are you at?
0: I'll
1: get a Kirkland tattoo. Fuck it. Like, let's go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's something I wanted to ask you. How do you balance band life and work life, Corey? Now, I I related to you in that I don't think you ever stopped working and just went out on the road full time, that type of deal. You've always kind of balanced work and the band. How do you make it work now? Because you're involved in a lot of projects. How do you make it work with your work schedule?
2: Yeah, no, that's a good question. The, I think what I have going, that's maybe a little bit unique, is that, you know, my... Especially listening to this podcast and hearing a, a lot of your guests who were doing this music stuff so young, you know? Yes. I mean, I, I it always blows my mind to think about, like... I mean, pick any given band. The Hope's Fall Dudes. They're, what, like 19 yeah. or something yeah. when they're doing this stuff. They're playing the first Furnace Fest when they're, like, teenagers. It, yeah, it, the
0: idea of being... 19, 20, 21 years old, and already being a tenured musician who has done several tours and having this machine behind you that you created is unbelievable to me. Unbelievable. I wasn't in my first band until I was 24 years old.
2: Yeah. And I mean, and same with me. Like, I didn't, you know, I guess that's kind of my point to answer your question around about ways that I, I guess I didn't really get into an established you know, a music thing until later in my life. And so it, it made it to where I was always definitely going to shows and like that's high school for me was nothing but going to shows, going to see planes mistaken for stars when I was a kid. I mean, I, you know, all that just helped me get to where I am musically in a way, but also it not being, not making music at a, you know, at a high level early on allowed me the time to kind of develop a, a career. And so That being established and not having to, because there's nothing harder than like having to start afresh in a career. You know, like after you've been a musician for like 15 years and now you're 35 and like, well, shit, what am I going to do? I mean, that that's got to be really, really tough. And so I'm kind of on the opposite end of that, where I've always been a music fan, but I had time to develop a career. And so being you know 10 years into my into my career, it makes it a little bit easier to. I'm already doing it. You know, it's it's the the hustle is. Kind of, I work my ass off to get where I'm at. And it's kind of a sustaining mode for the career. And so the band stuff, I feel like I have a little more time where it's, it's a little easier to deal with it because I have the stability in, in the work life, if that makes sense.
0: It absolutely does. And I, I have found the same thing. You know, I busted my ass to where I had no free time or no energy to do anything, but I've gotten to a point where I've moved up far enough that I have a little more freedom. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Like, they just trust me to get things done, and I always get them done. I'm not traveling as much, so I'm home more. I work from home. So, you know, after work, at night, I have time to do the things I want to do, and I make enough money that I can afford the software and the computers to create the things that I want to create.
2: Exactly. I mean, it's kind of the way it is for me, too, that, you know, at this point, I can... I don't have to have someone micromanaging me every little bit. I'm not, you know, at an entry level position so that I, I do have that level of freedom where I'm trusted. I, you know, I give results. I'm good at my job, but at the same time, uh, the other part of it is like with music, you know, we, the, the goal in glass things is not to make money. You know, I, I learned early on my, my dad was a musician and, um, you know, just putting all your eggs in that basket, it, it's a gamble, you know? And so I, I kind of, you know, he kind of taught me don't do music for money uh, because it's it's not always going to work out. And I know this came up in the Beautiful Mistake episode last week. And so for me, I was able to, to say music's never going to be about money for me. And I think that makes it a little more, there's, there's some integrity in our songs and, and the way we go about it because it's, we don't expect to be huge anyway based on the style of music we play. But it's, the goal is very clear with us and it's to have fun and make cool music that we would be excited to hear.
1: That's a beautiful philosophy. I love it, that. It works.
2: It can really work for and I wish believe me I wish we lived in uh, the Netherlands or somewhere where we could get paid to do music all the time. We we would love to do that. But the reality is that it, it, we don't live in a country that supports that. And if you don't if you go about your life saying I'm not going to do this for money and you can separate the two, I've found that it's easier for me and it's and it's been working.
0: Yeah, and I've said it before, but I'll say it again. In terms of creative pursuits, for it to be a long lasting thing, you really have to do it just because you love it. You can't and I used to think that was a cliche, but it's true. You can't do it thinking, hey, I'm gonna get big doing this, or hey, I'm gonna make some money doing this. You have to do it because you love it.
2: You do. And also the like the ego that comes along with a lot of the music stuff, um it it's super competitive and then you wrap yourself up in it and like if I don't get if I'm not on this tour, I'm not, I'm nothing. If I'm not on this show, then we don't mean shit. And you know, that, that part of it, and there's a lot of, a lot of vanity in music too, you know, it, it should be real. That's, that's kind of part of it. And like the yep. whole rock star, you know, persona, um, you know, that that's, it's kind of comes along with it. And I try to be, um, try to, to be, to make sure that I'm never that concerned about it. Like I don't need to go read every single review and like go through all the comments and all that kind of stuff. And just know this, that what I made, I stand behind it and I feel good about it and try to separate, try to like focus on the good parts of the music and do it because you love it. And, and you know, if not try not to focus on the shitty parts.
1: I actually saw an interview with Billy Corgan and I think it might've been on Stern or maybe it was on Joe Rogan and he was talking just in general about the music industry. And one of the things he said was like, you know, there's so many people now that their music is, immediately going to digital download and they're basically making 0.07 cents on every stream he's like if you think you're going to get rich from this you're in the wrong business he's like but it's so intoxicating because you could be famous you could be that one guy that makes it or that one band that makes it and he goes and the worst part is is there's bands that make it that you think live this lavish lifestyle and they actually don't or they make the money that they've made not from selling records. It's not from that anymore. And he's like, if you think this is, you know, oh, well, the internet has done this. And he's like, don't fucking fool yourself. This was intentionally designed to do this. Like this, the industry is, is an awful uh, soul eating thing. Like he's like, so, you know, be very careful if you think that this is what you're going to do for the rest of your life, because you may be very disappointed when you find out how the sausage is made
2: totally and and i don't want to have to be big on tiktok in order to make my band <laughs> like financially stable it, uh, that's why i have that's why we work we work jobs so we can make money and we make music because we like making music
0: exactly i see things shifting to tiktok and i've literally thought to myself if i have to make a tiktok to continue to do this podcast i'm just not going to do it anymore
1: there's a teacher at my school that has a TikTok that is has like a million plus views. And I'm like, yo, you get fucking paid for that? And she's like, no. And I'm like... <laughs> See, what, even then, this is clearly not worth it. And she's like, no, but like people always, she goes, I have thousands of like texts from people like, d- you know, direct messages that are like, Hey, would you like to be a brand ambassador for this? And she's like, I've gotten a couple free things like t-shirts, sweatshirts, you know, that kind of shit, yoga pants. She's like, it's just, it's not worth it.
2: If anything that, you know, if we'd ever be a sort of brand ambassador, it would be from my dog. Uh, I posted a picture <laughs> on him on Reddit and then like, I got a free dog ball in the mail after I responded. So, you know, it's <laughs> (laughs) dog and you're all good
0: (laughs) here's a question uh going back to the weird competitive nature of music and vanity and all that stuff have you had any weird beef with any bands now that glassing is picking up some steam
2: (laughs) no you know i don't think we've had any like beef with bands there's definitely like i I don't there's bands that i'm not interested in playing with in like in certain kind of venues and styles of like music business uh, the pay-to-play stuff we'll never fuck with that um, we kind of try to stay away from that. Um, you know, I think we're really lucky in the, the community we have in terms of like brutal Panda records. They, they have a great ear, um, and they handle their business really well. Bob and Mike are two of the most like genuine dudes I've ever met. And then, you know, getting to work with, with death Wish now is just kind of a dream come true. Honestly, that's, that's super cool. And the way that worked was, they're just pretty much picked up most of brutal panda's catalog and just said we're just gonna help distro it um, and it just kind of shows like they're super hardworking dudes that work at this label and good people so it's kind of hard to have beef when you, we surround our try to surround ourselves with the right crowd so it's been pretty easy to avoid that I'd say
0: Corey, we have something special planned oh for the end of this interview are you ready for uh, this?
2: I'm down
0: all right folks <laughs> yes! it's time to play. <laughs> Who would headline?
2: Oh, I remember this. I'm down. I'm super yes. down.
0: Now, folks, this is the game where we take two bands, and based on total followers, total plays, and overall legacy, we have to guess who would headline. Now, Corey, are you ready to play?
2: Yes. You guys haven't done this since probably like episode like 36 or something, oh, I'm so sure. For stoked. sure.
0: Exactly. So we bring it out for special occasions of which this is. All right, let's do it. All right, let's do it. Now, here's our first question. Corey, who would headline? Holy fawn. Holy fawn. Or this will destroy you.
2: (laughs) Damn. What year is this question being asked in?
0: This is the year of our Lord, 2021. Who would headline? Holy fawn. Or this will destroy you. I'm going with my boys and Holy
2: Fawn final answer.
0: Damn. I'm sorry. The answer is this will destroy you. Now, Holy Fawn are quickly rising superstars and they are excellent. However, if you weigh total followers and total plays, this will destroy you is still on top.
2: Damn. I love you, Jeremy and Chris and Andrew. I'm sorry, boys.
0: (laughs) All right. Next question. Who would headline Alcest, or Wolves in the Throne Room.
1: Oh, shit. That's a really good one, Keith. Damn, Damn <laughs> Keith. You, like,
2: woke up from a dream, and you were thinking about this question. That's how good it <laughs> is. You had to, like, write it down in your notes app. You're absolutely correct. All right. Uh, what, what country are we playing in?
0: We are in the United States of America.
2: Okay. All right. Is it a weekday or a weekend? Uh let's say Friday night. Okay, Friday night. <sighs> Wolves in the Throne just put out a new record, so I'm thinking, you know, that gives them a little bit more of that boost, but Alsace is from France, and so you don't get a chance to see them very often, so you might say them. I'm going to go with Wolves in the Throne Room final answer.
0: All right, Cory, your final answer is Wolves in the Throne Room. And we want to know who would headline Alcest or Wolves in the
2: Throne Room. And Cory, you are wrong. <laughs> over oh, <my God. laughs> <laughs> two, you know what? I would rather go over two than one and one. So I'm consistent at least. Damn, those were good ones though. Now I I
0: looked at total plays for Alcest, and they just dwarf Wolves in the Throne Room. So I'm going based off of that.
2: The new Wolves in the Throne Room album is super sick, though.
0: Yeah, I mean these are all great bands. I'm I'm just going by
2: the numbers, folks. That's yeah. It. yeah. Damn. I love this game. I'm happy you brought it back.
0: I've got one more for you, Corey. Are you ready?
2: Do it. Yes.
0: All right. Here we go. Now, this is going to be a tough one, but you have to remember the rules of the game. Question number three, our final question, who would headline glassing or easy prey? Mm.
2: Glass Daddy's all the way, baby. Final answer, glassing.
0: Corey, you have selected glassing. <laughs> yes. And you are right.
2: Yeah! Suck you it do Easy not Prey.
0: play a show unless you headline. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that.
2: <laughs> no, actually, once we hear this new Easy Prey record, it could, it's going to be up for it's up for debate. We'll see. It could flip. It could flip. It could yeah. flip. So we actually had this debate the other day because we're talking about uh you know that primetime slot when it's your album release show you know do you play dead last but it's four bands you take that third s- slot where you kind of like get the most crowd before people kind of leave but everyone's there you know what i'm saying here's what we decided if it's your album release show only the big boys play last you don't you don't play third no you don't do that you play last you suck it up it's your album release show so that's what we're doing
0: that's it well Corey, we want to thank you for joining us for another exciting rendition of who would headline the game where we take two bands and we have to decide who would headline. We hope you join us again for a future rendition. And Corey, your departing prize is a return pass to the Northeast scene podcast. Anytime (laughs) you would like, because we love speaking to you and we love playing who would headline.
2: Oh, I'm so happy you guys brought that back. You know what else I love, by the way, is your your like pop culture minute thing that you spring upon Tommy every now and then that she cracks me up. Yeah, the,
0: you see, the, the most fun of doing that is how much Tommy
2: hates it. <laughs> I feel like he never knows like he's <laughs> blindsided every time you do that.
1: Yo, I, got the, I got Olivia Rodrigo one, though. That one I fucking nailed. I, I knew that.
2: Yeah,
0: now, Tommy, you've actually listened to her. I still haven't done that.
1: Yeah, well, remember, we had that whole conversation about how she had to pay Paramore a bunch of money.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: And Taylor Swift now too. And Taylor Swift. Yeah. It's Taylor Swift. Uh, there's another person too. I forget off the top of my head, but it's uh, yeah, it's it, it. There's a legal term for it, but really it comes down to like, if you have been inspired by a song um, you owe them uh, writing credits because uh, it's the same chord progression. It was the same vocal pattern. It was like there was a lot of things that were really, really, really similar. So
0: so do I have to pay Hum for writing my last EP?
1: <laughs> it's a very real possibility. <laughs> Damn it. Dude, Keith, I love the opening song
2: for this podcast, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. What's it called? It's called Uncomplicated. It's It's great. I love it. It's perfect for like a pod intro, but it's also perfect for like a band song. I love it.
0: Yeah, it works either way. Well, Corey, let's recap. All right, folks, we're going to pick up Twin Dream on Brutal Panda Records. It comes out November 5th. We want to get that. We want to buy merch bundles. We want to buy vinyl. We want to get it all. Right, Corey?
2: Yes, please. Uh, We actually just pressed some sweet new shirts, and we're going to put up some new ones when the album comes out, too. Shout out to uh, our screen printer, who does all our work. So, Yes.
0: Yes. And Corey has joined forces with Mall Walker, an yes. excellent new band out of Austin and a Northeast scene guest, where you can expect more from them
2: in the future, yes? Yes. If you like Get Up Kids, American Football, Appleseed Cast, uh, fun, happy stuff, maybe like Tiny Moving Parts a little bit too, that kind of jangly, tappy, uh, uppy emo shit, then check out Mall Walker. Oh,
0: it's so good. I'm really looking forward to more from Mall Walker and
2: cyclops what's going on with that yes cyclops has taken our sweet ass time but we're doing it um you know we get together a couple times a month and uh i'm really excited about it too it's it, it's good i think we're writing the best material we've written so far but definitely not rushing it not jumping out and playing shows just to play shows um ryan who's the kind of the main songwriter in cyclops is very particular about like let's get a nice set that we're super excited about that's that's new. And let's take our time. There's no reason to just rush out and play shows. So I respect that. So good stuff there.
0: Excellent. And is there any other future venture or new project we haven't discussed that we want to cover in the end here?
2: I don't know. Maybe I'll hit up the bird lady and we can do a little ambient collab or something (laughs) like that. It might be good. No, just doing the yoga stuff, too. I don't really advertise that stuff. It's just kind of like, what am I going to do? Get a website, like... CoreyBrimYoga.com. Like I'm not gonna do that. So it's just kind of when that pops up, I do that. But it's definitely really fun. In fact, uh, I'll leave you with this fun story. Chris from Easy Prey. Uh, he sings in Easy Prey. His wife, Colette, awesome, awesome woman. Uh, she is kind of the person that I work, do the yoga sets with. She does the instruction, and I do the music. And we knew each other before she met Chris in Easy Prey. And uh, so that's a, a fun little little Austin people story for you right there.
1: Corey, just a little bit of, uh, you listen a lot. Um, Have you heard us bring up uh, the restaurant near my house, Quaker Steak and Lube? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I laugh because, yes,
2: it's not the first time I've heard you say that.
1: Phenomenal. Well, drove past the other day. You know what the restaurant is now called? Name this bar and restaurant. It's literally a radio contest because so many people complained about how off-putting the name was that 975 is now saying, You can name you had do you ever want to see your name in lights? You can name this restaurant and win a hundred dollar gift card. In my head, I'm going like, wait, you name the restaurant and all you get is a hundred bucks. Like, the fuck like, that's all you get? <laughs> oh,
2: no. in,
1: Baker Steak and Lube was such a massive failure. Their their restaurant is now called Name This Bar. Thank well, are they God! Still gonna, are they still going to have steaks and lubes or oh. whatever they serve there? <laughs> yeah, tons of steak and tons of lube. Like, but you know,
0: <laughs> Tommy, <laughs> I literally didn't believe you when you told me that. I, I had to go and look it up, and you then I was it made like,
1: up all the things to make up. Why would I pick that up?
0: <laughs> I just couldn't believe it because we used to drink there when it was the Great American Diner and Pub, and I don't know. I just couldn't believe that it. it got reduced to it's Quaker steak and lube.
1: It's just, I, I, I go back to it every time. Why would you put the name Lube in the name? It's I so weird. It's so off-putting. It's so gross. But now it's called Name This Bar. So I would like to think that we had a hand in that, Tommy. I think they fucking did it themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Naming it that was just, that was the fucking, I can't believe someone signed off on the paperwork. Fuck, man. Jesus. it's weird yeah. is the loo part like like a, like oil like your yeah, car like so it's you, car you, themed like is- yeah so it's okay ca- it's car themed and like they would always park like some they would have like um uh like on the weekends they would have like hot rod shows and stuff like that and they have a big back okay. parking lot so they would have like hot rod shows and like classic car shows and stuff like that and the inside i didn't go in but i saw the interior of the restaurant like on google uh images and stuff it's like uh you know like a door from a NASCAR car, old engines and like parts are up on you know. It's like Think TGI Fridays, but goofy car shit instead of a moose and some fucking pictures of the local high school football team.
2: All right, look if we if we tour through, uh, I guess Philly. Right? Is that yeah. the closest? Yeah. yeah. So actually, we played there once. So what was the place we played? Super cool little spot. Kung Fu, Kung Fu next, next time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, awesome, red spot. Uh, oh, yeah. Mike from uh another alum of the podcast, Mike from A Million Bands. He was he was there that night. That oh, yeah. night. oh yeah, oh uh, yeah. Rid
0: of me and uh fighting. Yes. Yeah. yes. Yes.
2: The new one's rid of me. Anyway, if we next time we come through there, I think we're gonna have to go get some steak and some lube or whatever they're serving at that place. I've heard too much about it to not go. Yeah,
1: yeah. And the casino is right across the street. You can go to the casino, you can see some horse racing, it's phenomenal. Oh shit, we're set. <laughs> it's a night.
0: Well, Corey We just want to say thank you for coming on the show again. You are a true friend of the show. We're very happy to have you back. We love the band. We love you. So thank you.
2: Uh, Likewise. I'm honored to be on again. You guys are my favorite podcast. And uh, yeah, let's do it again.
1: Absolutely. Corey, thank you so much.
0: There you have it, folks. Corey Rim. Really great to talk to him again. We couldn't wait for him to come back. That was a really fun conversation. And he really knows the show, Tommy. I was I mean, gonna say he's like a real really fan. He really knows the show. He
1: like really knows it. Like he was like doing some real inside baseball shit. I was like, <laughs> damn, dude, like you really listen. Fuck.
0: Yeah, and you know, it it was just nice to talk to him as a friend and fan of the show. And of course, us as such big fans of glassing, because uh, the new album is fantastic. Can't wait for everybody to hear it. And there's really not a bad thing I can say about that conversation.
1: The other thing is, is I can't say a bad thing about glassing. Like they are, they're like, they combine everything I like about music. <laughs> like Yeah. They're the perfect mix of post rock and shoegaze and black metal and just fucking noise rock, like everything, like they just fucking do everything perfectly. It, it's all aligned. It's just so well thought out and so smart. I love it.
0: It really is. I was thinking about it earlier today. They're they're sort of like cave in that they combine a lot of elements perfectly. But whereas Cave-In is more big arena metal rock type thing, yeah. Glassing is more like menacing, darker. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like more in that black metal type realm it's it's
1: it's just great they really are (laughs) they're they're definitely it right now if somebody asked me my top three bands glassing is 100 percent in my top three maybe my top band
0: i'll never forget hearing sleeper for the first time that was like a eureka moment for music where i listened to the song 1000 times and sent it to everybody i knew and i i just i love those moments
1: yeah they really it's uh There's very few bands out there that make me feel like glassing does. Exactly.
0: So, Corey, great to speak to you, and we look forward to the next time you're on the show. Now, there's more ground to cover, Tommy, here in segment three. Oh, I have to tell you the story about- I was going to say
1: your root canal story, please. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So, I went and got it done. The dentist was great. I loved him. He was funny. He was professional. He got it done quick. I forgot how weird it is to get a root canal. Like You're totally numb. And you can just feel someone jamming something up into your gum and pulling it out over and over again, but you can't feel it. Okay. Have you ever gotten one?
1: I had a root canal when I was really, really young. I think I was six when I had it. So I I don't remember. So yeah,
0: it's, it's really weird experience and I get done and he's like, all right, so I'm going to write you a prescription for some codeine and the antibiotic you have to take. And I was like, uh, I was like, I'll just take some aspirin. You know, you don't need to write the, uh, the codeine. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to write it. You know, you if you wake up in pain, you don't want to be going to the pharmacy at two in the morning. And it's good. It's good to have around the house, you know, in case you need it. And, that, and I'm just thinking, no, it's
1: not. No, it's a terrible idea, in fact.
0: <laughs> but he made a good point. I was like, what if I'm in a lot of pain? Yeah. Like, what if I'm in a lot of pain and I really need to take something? I'm. So I was like, here's what I'm going to do. I didn't even tell him to write the prescription. He just kind of did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he, he's like, no, I'm going to do it. And then he just did it. So I was like, all right, I'll go get the prescription. I'm not going to take it unless I absolutely need to. Yeah. I'm going to hold on to it just in case.
1: Until shit is unbearable. Like Yeah. yeah.
0: And, like, l- let's face it. If I'm going out, I'm going out big. <laughs> like I did the last time. You know, <laughs> that, that the last cycle started. I'm going out big and I'm doing everything at once. I'm not going to go out on codeine. So I go to the pharmacy. And I say I'm picking up for Keith, so and so, and they're like, "Okay, we have the antibiotic, but there's a huge back order on the codeine. We're not going to be able to get it." And I was like, "That's fine. I don't need the codeine."
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the it, the option was completely taken away, which I'm glad. That is, I, I was going to say to not have it there. I I will say this. It's funny. I mentioned this to my mom probably last weekend when we had the girl's birthday party. Yeah. uh i said to her i was like oh you know i've been having trouble sleeping my mother showed up tonight just to drop some stuff off uh and she was like oh i got something for you hold on a second and she opens her purse it's of course in a prescription bottle with the wrong prescription in it i'm like what is it and she, it's like 30 ambient i'm like mommy i don't i i'll take <laughs> I, I was like mom i'll take two i'll take I, i'll if god forbid i ever need one i, I need like two of them and she's like no, no, just take the whole thing. I, this is—I have a whole nother script at my house, and in my head, I'm going like, "How many Ambien do you have in your house?" Like, it, I know when I got it, I like years and years ago, and I said I told my doctor I was having trouble sleeping. I think they gave me five, and he was like, "Be really careful with this." <laughs> they just like they handed my mother like sixty.
0: <laughs> you want to hear an Ambien story? Yes. Okay, I read that if you take it and stay awake, you have some really trippy hallucinations. So. One day when I was, I, I must have been like 19 or 20 years old. So my mom was prescribed Ambien. So I took one or two of them, right? And I was like, I'm going to stay awake and see what happens. And I went into this big hallucinatory thing, right? And I was posting on this message board at the time. Not centrifuge, a different one. And I felt like I was on the cusp of some great big realization. So I got on the message board and I said, everybody... Needs to join this instant messenger private chat now. And I got everybody in there. And then I was like, okay. And then I lost it. And I was like, guys, whatever realization I was having is gone now. And I just remember everyone messaging like, what are you doing? What's going
1: on? (laughs) It was so crazy. This is about to be some epiphany type shit. And then it's nothing. (laughs) And then it was gone.
0: (laughs) Uh, Good times.
1: Well, I'm glad your tooth is better. I'm really glad to hear that, that. There's nothing worse than dental pain, dude.
0: Yeah, the pain is almost gone. I'm just taking two or four Advil per day. Good. I'm getting the cap on soon. I'm going to handle any other little things that are going on, and I'm going to be in perfect shape. And everything is good, Tommy. I've got all my equipment set up. I'm improving everything. Life is good. Work is good. I really don't have any complaints right now
1: i'm really glad to hear that and also i hurt my shoulder at the skate park (laughs) on on sunday morning what happened you heard me it was such a dumb little thing uh i really i I don't try i don't do the big shit anymore no handrails nothing like that um i really like this one manual pad they have there though and a manual is like the one where you like you know you balance on the one side of the board right so you balance on the back wheels or the front wheels so just a regular manual And I don't know if somebody had overwaxed the top of that area and was trying to like do another trick there, but I hit something that was so slippery and the board just shot out straight from under me and like legs up in the air, like fucking my ass was higher than my head, that type of fall. And I fell not really like, I mean, I fell hard, but I fell mainly on my back, but I tried to brace myself with my arm and I jammed my shoulder. Like, so my arm went straight and it, it, it didn't hurt my wrist and my arm as much as it hurt where it impacted up at the top at my shoulder. So I literally just came back from the bathroom and I went to go sit down and Keith was like, you hurt yourself. And I was like, I did. (laughs) Like when I went to go sit down on the couch, I I braced myself with my bad shoulder. And it was, it was like that wincing type of pain. It's like immediate, it's gone. And then it's, you know, it's there and then it's gone. It's instantaneous, but it's like, Fuck, man, it's such a sharp pain. Maybe it's time that I get, uh, like a long—not a longboard, but like a cruiser board—and I just roll around the park and have fun doing, you know, just roll up and down the ramps and you know, stall a couple places. No more trying tricks, uh, no more ollies because I think I'm, uh, I, I'm at that point now where if I hurt myself, it might be a, uh, a lasting injury, and I don't want to be sitting on my front porch at 70 and someone go, "Here, Dad, let me help you up." Like, you
0: have to be careful you already lost what what was it, the spleen my spleen is
1: gone yeah yeah and now
0: we're big time podcasters i can't lose you tommy <laughs> <laughs>
1: i mean I, if you can prop me in front of a mic like uh, i think i'll be all right <laughs> yeah that's true i guess even if you're a quadriplegic you could still do the show yeah i just need someone to set the mic up for me and do the levels and press the buttons you know yeah all right go nuts then i don't care <laughs> no just be careful just i will careful. i pre- I appreciate your concern and it's it's uh when I came home uh, i was i do my best to not let on when I'm hurt yeah because i uh, I know that will elicit the you're too old for this please, please stop <laughs> going um so i I was helping you know like by the time you know I get there at like six fifteen, so I was home by a little bit after eight o'clock in the morning. And I started making breakfast for the girls because they had just woken up. So I, I started making breakfast and I went to go open the refrigerator door. And just that pulling motion to open the door, it, I, I, I kind of winced a little bit. And I was like, and my wife was like, what? What's the matter? And I was like, I, I fell at the skate park and my shoulder hurts a little bit.
0: See, Tommy, if you have to hide it, that's kind of addict behavior. You know, like oh, there's nothing's wrong. Everything's <laughs> fine. You're like hiding this thing that you can't stop doing, and it's it's affecting your life in negative ways.
1: <laughs> so I'm addicted to skateboarding. Yes, I'll go with. It I, like. I'll go with that. I mean, I've been. You know what? I I thought about this the other day. My mom bought me my first skateboard when I was I think I was five or six. Yeah, and I I really haven't been off of one. I mean, I oh, even when I quit and stopped doing tricks all the time and trying to, like, really be good at skating, I was always on a board. Like, I always had one in my house, and I was always, like, at once a week just rolling around, having a good time. Like, maybe it is addictive.
0: Well, listen, if it makes you happy, that's cool. Just don't hurt yourself. Or try not to. No promises. Well, listen, folks. You know what I'm going to ask for, and I'm going to keep asking for it until you give it to us. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at The N.E. Scene, we are on the push to 3,300 followers, and we're getting closer. So thank you to everyone who follows us. And guys, stop unfollowing us. Like, we <laughs> we get, like, we'll get three, four new followers, and then I notice it ticks back down. Just Just stay followed to us, even if you don't like us. I need to get to 3,300. It's going to make me happy. Follow us on Twitter, too, The N.E. Scene. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Please subscribe if you listen. We need to get our subscriber count way up. We need to do it. Like the videos, comment on the videos if you dig them. Even just clicking the like button helps out. Apple podcast reviews are big. Give us five stars. Leave a review. We'll read it on the air. And write to us. We haven't really heard directly from the people too much lately. scene at gmail.com. You know, talk to us. Let us know what we're doing well, what we're not doing well. Share a funny story with us. We will read it on the air.
1: Yeah, we always appreciate the feedback, constructive or not. Just tell us how we're doing.
0: Yeah. So that's it, Tommy. We did it. Another show in the books. Now we have some big shows coming up. Oh, yeah. A big run of shows. I'm not going to tell you who it is. I'm going to give you a hint. Are you ready? Two words. Northeast takeover. There you go. Yeah. It's in there. If you dig... If you know what's going on, you'll you'll figure out what's going on, and you're going to like it. I'm excited. Are you excited, Tommy? I'm ecstatic. Yeah. It's going to be great. I can't wait. Same here. All right. Well, that's it. We hope everybody has a great week, and we'll be back next week, as we always are, because this is a weekly show, Tommy. We, I think we're the only weekly music podcast. Really? Yeah. Wow. Like every single week, new episode. That's crazy.
1: I, yeah. I honestly, I don't listen to enough podcasts uh, to know that, but I do know this. I was on the Spotify account that you you let me use. I, I accidentally was thinking I was on something else, and I wasn't really paying attention. I typed my last name in. Did I tell you this already? No. Yeah, there's a podcast with my last name in it. Uh, yeah, and I it, it has a lot of listens, like very close to a million listens.
0: Well, we're going to get there, too, after this month. You bet. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And until next time.